Sound of Hockey episode 231. We're calling this one the Stephen Kampfer episode. Why are we calling it that? We are calling it that because Stephen Kampfer <laughs> was recently acquired by the Arizona Coyotes. Uh-huh. He's actually in the AHL now, but he played 231 career NHL games. Wow, that's great. Uh, way then. to do your research Excellent. there. John, just kidding. That's not John. That's Piper Shaw. We'll get back to her in just a second. Uh, this is Sound of Hockey. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter. Joined as always by the actual John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL Two Seattle. This is weird because I did you this went backwards. to me. All right, joined but, by Andy. Yeah. Hi, Andy. How's it going? <laughs> How's it going? I'm at Andy I on the Twitter. We're off the rails to start this. And finally, last but not least, Piper Shaw. Thanks for joining us in studio. How are you doing, Piper? I'm doing well. I feel like it's such an honor to be here in Bardown Studios. Yeah. What do you think? What do you, what do you think of the decor? Is it everything you expected? <laughs> it's it phenomenal. To be? I think that you guys should start doing like live shows here. Get some fans in. A fan? Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Like get some fans whoa, whoa, in. They can laugh. And Who clap. invited her? Who like invited a, her? Like a sitcom. Yeah. Doesn't smell too bad, right? Because no. I don't know if you know, my gear is down here. So yeah, okay. It smells better than my laundry room where my husband's gear is. So All right, it's excellent. a great time. Cool. There you go. All right. All right. And something tells me that Piper has smelled hockey gear <laughs> at some point. <laughs> you oh. In her life, so I almost had a hockey bag fall on me in the Islanders arena because although that arena is brand new, there's like not really a good spot for me as the visiting reporter to sit. So I literally was next to the stack of hockey bags, and there was like an avalanche on me, and I was in the middle, hunched over doing a hit. So yes, I think I witnessed that. Although you weren't live on air when I when I witnessed it, so maybe Mm. that was something else. There's just too many times. Um, (laughs) All right, we didn't uh, give you the heads up on this piece. We told you most of what's happening with this show. This is a this is a fun thing that we're doing here because most of the time if we do like an interview it's a little interview it's a little confined thing piper has so graciously yep she's so graciously offered to be here for the whole show and act effectively as a fourth host for tonight which is really fun um so we're happy to have her uh what we didn't tell you is that we're turning the tables on you a little bit and you are going to serve a root sports two-minute minor not actually brought to you by (laughs) root sports but same kind of thing so love it all right here we go Two minutes on the clock. Your two-minute minor starts now. What are you most likely to go to the penalty box for, Piper? <laughs> I'll go slashing. Okay. What's your what's your pump undisciplined. up? What's your pump up song? Oh my gosh, my pump up song. I might go something by the main. Maybe my best habit by the main. Okay. Uh, what was the last TV show that you binged? The last TV show that I binged would be Wednesday. Okay. All right. Yeah. Favorite non-hockey sport? Uh, probably basketball. If not. Like action sports, I really like like motocross and snowboarding and skateboarding and stuff like that. All right. Uh, if you weren't covering hockey, what would you be doing? Well, I would like to be covering action sports if I wasn't covering <laughs> hockey, like motocross and snowboarding and skateboarding. Covering something. Uh, favorite meal? My favorite meal uh, definitely depends on the mood, but I really like like dim sum, especially lately. Mm-hmm. Those little soup ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm hungry now. Favorite place you've lived outside of Seattle? Madison. I loved living in Madison. Great pick. My next question. The best <laughs> bar in Madison? The, the best bar in Madison. I didn't go to college there, so I didn't really frequent a lot of the college bars, but I, I really liked Lucille. It was an old bank oh. that they turned into, like, you could go into the vault. It was all velvet oh, and really cool. cool, so I liked Lucille a Road lot. Trip. I don't think I know that one. <laughs> it's um, not really a college bar. It's like an right, adult bar because right. I was an adult when yeah. I lived there. Favorite activity for an off day in Seattle? Um, If it's the summer, something nice. I like to go see live music, and I really like to just like go on walks, go okay. to the Arboretum, go to Bodies of Water and walk. 
wind tunnel in Colorado versus not being able to see the game at Climate Pledge Arena? Which do you prefer? Not being able to see the game at Climate Pledge Arena because I actually sit pretty much outside the locker rooms and watch the game off monitors no matter where we are. So. Uh, one person you've interviewed that made you starstruck? Probably the first time I interviewed Sue Bird. I will say I also interviewed Jerry Bruckheimer at the um, expansion draft. And I, there was a lot going on, so I wasn't really starstruck. But after he came up to me and he told me that he thought I had a bright future. Wow. And that really made me starstruck. I was like, oh, my God. That is awesome. All right, your two minutes are up. Congratulations. You made it uh, well done. We, how did it feel? How, yeah, did, it how feel? did that feel to have the tables turned on you a little bit there? Good. The music one was hard because I have like a whole pump up playlist, but it's hard to just like pick one on the spot. Mm-hmm. But. All right. All right, we did great. Um, I didn't get through as many because I had more detail available. I actually, that was exactly the number of questions that I wrote. I told you, I told you, yeah. And we hit exactly two minutes on that, so. There have been times that I've started to panic because I'm getting through that list so fast. I think I've seen seen it. Some hustle through it, like, and they're like in speed mode, right? And and I'm like, wow. Yeah. These are some deep questions. Well, I, think, yeah. I think especially now, so many of the players have seen them. Like, mm-hmm. they yeah. know now. So now they already know. Like, they, they're prepared. They know what the questions are. And we can commiserate. I, I will say, when we interview, sometimes players are very talkative, but it's, like, we also have gotten to a point now where we're trying to do our research a little bit on which players we try to have on here. Just because if you get somebody on and they give, like, a few word answers, and we have had a few of their, those over the years, it's not the most compelling audio, you know? So it's like, it's a little tough sometimes with players. You never know how it's going to, how it's going to go if they're just like lightning fast. And the junior and, kids are like hit or miss, yes. right? Some like yeah. are like super chatty. Still have their like, yeah, yeah. And then some are like, hey, I'm, I've, I've seen all these interview questions before and I'm mm-hmm. going to answer just like I've seen the pros yeah. answer. Yeah. So. We're going to get pucks deep. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yes. that's actually like something that I think is a part of my like job that maybe people don't realizes to me an important part of my job is like trying to tailor interviews especially in game to how I know the specific players like respond to things and also how long they talk for but I also know like there are certain players where you can ask them anything and they're just going to talk for 60 (laughs) seconds about not even what you asked so Mm -hmm, it almost makes it more challenging because you need to make sure that you have two more questions at least two more questions that could not possibly be like a response to the first one because sometimes they just kind of go. Sometimes they will just specifically very detailed answer the one. So it's easier. So just keeping track of those things in my mind to try to get the most possible information out of them, especially when they're tired, you know, (laughs) coming off the ice. is actually like like, I I pay attention to that. Jerry McCann will answer questions, but he he doesn't doesn't, like go into detail. Answer your question and not the next one. So sometimes yeah. it can come across but it's very good quick. answers. They're good but yeah, answers, he answer, but, but he doesn't. He doesn't go into it like in great detail. Well, maybe you're just not asking the right questions. Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, when when know. we're inter- <laughs> when when we have guests on, I, it's always funny. Like the media media people we have on, like oh, we yeah. only need like two or three questions, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's going to go for like twenty minutes because they're used to radio hits, right? Mm-hmm. Where the players just need to be fed questions left and right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, because we had Olchek on. So, oh my, he'll yeah. go. We yeah, know that. No, he and he kept, the, he kept going. He called oh, us yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he got disconnected and he you called us back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we wanted to do. We'll do some crack and talk here, obviously, but we do have some a few like interview type questions for you as well, Piper. Um, so we'll start with that, I guess. John, you you wanted to say hi to somebody though before we got started, right? A little bit of housekeeping. Oh, there was a couple people said hi. So okay. uh, you were um, you were selling. You were slinging selling, raffle tickets. Slinging the other night. raffle tickets for yeah. the One Roof Foundation on that, Monday, so I didn't get to see the game. That apron uh, looks nice on you. The red apron. You're not mocking me, are you? No, no, it okay. looks nice. All right, 
Of course not. Anyway, but earlier in the week, the, or I think it was the Ottawa game, uh, a guy named Pedro said said hi to me. He said he loves the show. He said he checked you out with binoculars in me? the press. Yeah, oh. that's what he said. And what did he... He, he said, was I doing anything embarrassing? No, he said you were really disappointed after the third Ottawa goal. And he's like, yeah, cool. Like, he was, like, psyched that you yeah. were, like, bummed about it. Because well, he was bummed about it, too. I try not to be too emotive, but I definitely react to things, yeah. And, well, I mean, we have a little contingency of people that sit together up there every game, so. You know, because Darren watches games from the no, press no, box. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Press bridge, press box. Didn't oh. need to Humble say brag. that. Interesting. You yeah. blew up my spot the other day on Twitter with that picture. That was pretty funny, though. <laughs> Pretty, pretty funny. And then um, uh, uh, another guy mm-hmm. I ran into, I so I played in the Ronald McDonald House Hockey Challenge on Saturday. That's before the Saturday first Dallas game. Okay. Uh, and I met one of the listeners, Peter Lightbody. Uh, played against him, roughed him up a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it wasn't my fault, but he ended up tearing his bicep. Not, oh, not when I was there. Apparently, funny. he didn't realize it until after he got off the ice. Uh, in the game. Yeah. Oh. For charity. For kids. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, Sacrifice anyway. the body. Yeah. But he told me about he donated how, his yeah. right bicep. Yeah, yeah, he. I think he did the PCT trail or some some insane uh, hiking trail, and he said he would get all excited when he'd come in within Wi-Fi range, and there was a new episode of Sound of Hockey. Oh, so that's I'm really like, cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. So wow. anyway, we just wanted to say hi to them. Love that. Thank you, Peter Lightbody, yep. and thank you, Pedro. Uh, all right, so back to Piper now. Mm-hmm. So first <laughs> off, uh, we already got your review on Bardown Studios, but I think you have a really interesting, um, completely unrelated to the actual question I was about to ask you, but... <laughs> I think you have a really interesting journey. You and I, I think, have oddly a lot in common just because of like the paths that we've had have kind of like... Oh, here comes the minutia. Well, <laughs> it's inevitable. We're both from Minnesota. It's we true. both spent I've heard. time... I've heard. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. both spent right. time in Madison. I went there in college, so my experience was probably slight, slightly different. Yeah, but, were you hanging at the KK? Um, that wasn't my favorite spot. I actually went to the Blue Velvet a lot. I've probably shared this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't think Blue Velvet is there anymore, um, but we had friends that worked there, so even when we were under 21 we could easily get in there mm, so that like was all the, the badger hockey players right yeah. so that's the oh, KK. i've seen them <laughs> yeah that's the kk but don't tell anyone in madison that that's where that's where they go because we don't want to ruin that for the current players no, but, i think they all know <laughs> yeah um but yeah so uh anyway i think your your journey has been interesting though i think you've covered a lot of different sports and a lot of different teams and i'd love for you to just kind of tell our listeners because I have a, a hunch that folks that see you every game on TV don't actually know that much about you, uh, where you came from, what you've been doing all these years before you got to where you are now. So can you take us through that? Yeah. I think I'll start from the beginning, maybe, instead of working backwards. Sure. I feel like that's probably easier. <laughs> yeah. So um, my high school had a program that allowed students who would otherwise be able to be accepted into St. Cloud State University and other colleges um, to go early if you had the grades and the test scores to be able to go. So I went to college when I was 16 full time. I just like left oh high gosh. school. Wow. But also I have an August birthday. So 16 is actually just my senior year because technically the college classes okay. started okay. before All I right. turned 17. Okay. So for the record, let's yeah. just, you know, just to get that straight. But I knew I was a speech kid. And so when I was thinking of jobs, I was like, what kind of job can I have where my, my focus is on researching, writing, listening, public speaking. Like, what can I do? Hmm. Oh, broadcast journalism. Yeah. It's all writing, research. You spend more time listening than you do talking. And that's pretty much the, the translation from why I wanted to do this. But also, I grew up in Minnesota where hockey was everything, specifically in St. Cloud, Minnesota, where hockey is the, the only thing, yeah. literally the only yeah. thing. Like, that's the only reason people know it exists is because of college hockey. Um, 
pretty much. So anyways, um, so then I I did that and I was on track to graduate beef, like when I was like 19 because it went so early. So then I ended up staying for a while so that I could graduate with my then boyfriend, who is now my husband, who oh, wow. is a broadcast engineer. Uh, he does not work in any relation to me and never really has, but um, we happen to both work in TV, which is interesting. Um, so he graduated with a major and a minor in two years. <laughs> And I stuck around for three and a half and got two majors and a minor just because I was trying to wait for him. He you was know, taking like 21 credit semesters while he was working hockey broadcasts I used to time. be proud of myself just for getting through college on yeah, time. So, yeah, like we hustled. <laughs> yeah. We hustled. All right. All so right. we graduated right after we turned 21. And St. Cloud used to have a reputation for being a party school, but it was not when I went there. So we basically just did school and worked like we we were already networking and building we knew exactly what we want to do so I kind of had the the pick of the litter when I wanted to graduate of where I could go for a job and I, at the time I was going to go work in news and mm-hmm. I did go work in news so I went to Madison mm. um, Wisconsin for my first job I worked at NBC 15 News which is a gray TV station basically um, and I was there for only like nine or ten months when Fox Sports Wisconsin slash Rush Media Company slash Wisconsin Hockey had an opening for a rinkside reporter. And they basically contacted me and they saw me on TV and they thought that I was good. And they asked me, they knew I was from Minnesota because I had a bunch of coworkers who were from Minnesota too. So we were always (laughs) like riffing about on TV, whatever. And so they hired me. And then when I took that job, I had to kind of do like some like office work with it too. And then just fill in on everything on Fox Sports Wisconsin as needed. So I did all the high school tournaments, which Fox Sports Wisconsin, unlike Fox Sports North, which now they're all Bally's, like they're, it's all the same yeah. thing now. basically now, now. Yeah. For now. Yeah. yeah. For now. At the time though, it was, it was Fox <laughs> yeah. Sports Wisconsin at the time, which is just a branch of Fox Sports North. But anyway, um, they would do all their high school tournaments, every single sport on TV, every single like division, everything. So we would do two days, seven high school football games a day Ugh. at the end of November, like, Oy. like 15 degrees. And I would be sidelining them all and hosting them all <laughs> oh and then gosh. hosting in between them. It was like a whole thing, but it was amazing because I got so many reps in so many things. I would do basketball and volleyball and cross country at Marquette, all kinds of stuff. But I knew that ultimately I wanted to be covering the NHL, obviously. And I loved Madison, but there's no NHL team there. So I just started networking and networking. And when I found out that Seattle was getting an expansion team, I literally went to my boss at the time and I was like, I would like to work for that team. Mm-hmm. And he was like, ha okay, good luck have fun and I was like no like I'm like I want to pandemic hits like there's just you know the whole everything happens but um I happened to be working a football broadcast just like helping out on this football broadcast in Las Vegas in October of 2020 um where they needed a bunch of bodies and a bunch of people were working in jobs that are kind of like below them so they had like f- like really high level producers doing like replay and graphics and things because mm-hmm. everybody who was a freelancer like really needed work mm-hmm. um and i met a bunch of guys who happened to knew know a bunch of people who were connected to the seattle organization they got me slowly slowly zoom meetings i kept following up i kept following up and then i went back to my old boss and i was like i know that you know the executive producer of root sports i know that you do i know that you do and he was like okay so they actually like flew me out here it was a whole thing and like they didn't want to meet with me because of covid and i was like i'm literally here like you scheduled this meeting with me so i ended up doing a zoom meeting with them from a hotel room here in seattle (laughs) oh my gosh and he gave me 10 minutes and he in that 10 minutes decided that he really liked me he immediately emailed me and he said 
I want to talk to you again. I go back to Wisconsin. We have a four-hour Zoom meeting. He calls my boss and says, if you can figure out how to somehow convince her to move to Seattle, I will make sure that she is working and that she covers the Kraken in some capacity. And it sounds so it like huge they were able for to me. convince you to move to Seattle then at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I hadn't been trying for like yeah. two years yeah. to do it, but yeah. it was a little bit like, it was kind of a gamble because I didn't know if I would do, like there was kind of a question of whether I'd work for the team or work for the network or, mm-hmm. and I also produce content and I was producing content for Fox Sports Wisconsin, like all of our intermissions. I would shoot content all week. Mm-hmm. I would edit it myself. I would build oh all the gosh. graphics for it and then I would host it inter- at intermissions. And I love doing that. That stuff like that's I, I like to do that so I was like interested in kind of like a multimedia situation so they're like well do we want arena hosting do we want reporting could you host do just do this little show that I do you know there was a kind of a bunch of question marks so it was a gamble because I was like do I want to give up my full-time covering hockey on tv job and Tony Granato is disgusting to me we'll talk about that later so I was just like I don't know and we loved Madison, my husband and I, so it was kind of a gamble, but it paid off. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Paid off. There you go. Sometimes and you had, probably had to interview with multiple interviews or- Yes. Many people. Like Kraken and Root and who are, you know- Yes. Many owners, people. Probably. Probably. Like, and I was yeah. And I was living here and they had me host like the expansion draft, like not the ESPN show, but like the one for the team. I was one of the hosts. I was all involved in all of these things and meeting all these people. Like I remember I was like- standing in the back and we didn't know who any of the players were for sure yet and I like saw Chris Drieger and Jordan Everly I'm like Jordan Everly is here oh. he's here like I'm like freaking out <laughs> you know and then that oh, was and that's also tough because you can't even prep if you don't know who's well but that wasn't really my job in that okay. particular okay. event okay. like okay. we weren't really yeah but it was just there were so many question marks and really with having a new franchise like I think a lot of people didn't really know exactly yeah. how anything was going to pan out so it was just kind of this like hey if you really want this come get it and my old boss did tell me that if it really was bad, I could come back yeah. <laughs> for a certain amount of time before they like replaced me. So, but no, it all worked out. Well, great. Oh my gosh. Sorry, that's, that's a long good. story, but no, that's great. I but loved it. I great was, example yeah. there of having a media, media person, person on, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you really need a couple questions. Except so. that she's usually the facilitator right. of the conversation. But see, that's <laughs> that's what's cool about about doing this, Piper, and this is why I'm glad that you're that you're here to do this. Um, because, like I said, it's it's always you behind the microphone asking people questions about themselves or about the, you know, the play that they made on the ice. And so um, I, I do have really just one more question, which can you just explain for me um, what is the Piper and Allison experience? Oh, the Piper and Allison experience. There's so much to it. I don't even know how to explain. Um, it depends on the day. It's a very different experience on the road because we're like usually sleep deprived and like caffeine induced and questionable amounts of food but somehow there's just always like very chaotic things that are happening to us while traveling part of the piper and allison experience i would say there's mario kart animal Mm -hmm. animal crossing is a big part of the piper and allison experience being on buses in the dark with jt teaching (laughs) allison how to use shells that's a big part of the piper and allison experience um jt just kind of patting us on the head in general you know like a little like we're like little puppets like that's kind of that's a big part of the piper and allison experience saying things to our producers like i can't hear you I can't hear you in the microphones on the broadcast. That's a big part too. Yeah. There's so many things. I mean, how great well. is it to have Allison like with you as a as a coworker? Right? She's obviously a big friend of the pod. BFOP. Yeah. 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 No, but, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and it's also fun because she knows this sport in a different way than I do. Especially because I didn't come from covering the NHL. Of course, I've watched the NHL yeah. forever, but like things like scrums and stuff like that, like that was never really things that 
we even had or did where I came from, you know, because it was like college and high school. And there was mm-hmm. some pro stuff, but it was still different of what was like being asked of me. So there's been different like adjustments that she has been there and done that. And that's been helpful. But then also in the same like the other side of the coin is that broadcasting is new to Allison. She never right, thought right, that she was going right. to be doing TV yeah. in her life. Yeah. So there's so many things like I'll be like, oh, where's your IFB? She's like, what is my IFB? What are you talking about? Like, or I'll be like, oh, there's a full screen. She's like, what is the full screen? What do you mean? Like, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. that she's yeah. traveling more with me, um, well, not with me, but with the team, but she's doing more TV Oops. Yeah, Mike. I, I recognize it's probably your first Mike. time ever talking into a microphone. Yeah, absolutely. Just, like, normally I hold the mic. Knock stuff over. Normally and... I'm holding it, not touching it. But, yeah. you know. Anyways, but so there's also been a lot of things that I have been able to teach her about. Like, okay, look at this camera now. And then that camera, like little things like that. Or like ways to use your hands in the studio or to not use just like all kinds of different things. So it's been fun because we've been able to like help grow each other so yeah. much in different yeah, yeah. ways. Cool. It's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love I, that. I wanted to ask you real quickly, you mentioned mm-hmm. Super before and I know, I kind of know the answer because I think we talked about this the other day, but the difference in covering Storm Games which you got to do this summer, her last year, how, how different and how exciting was that to just to be there for those games? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And the Storm organization is awesome, incredible. Those athletes on that team, I know that it's a very different team this year, it's looking like, um, but they were so nice to me. They were so happy to like have a reporter there to cover their team. No, it was awesome. And their coach, Noel Quinn, she was awesome. Like everybody in the organization was just absolutely incredible to me. And I've covered like basketball before, but I'd never covered the WNBA in the same sense. So there are certain just like different norms, different things that mm-hmm. like I had to like learn a lot and like prep a lot on. And it was no sweat off their back if I was spending an extra five minutes like off camera. Being like, okay, can you just so what was this? When when did yeah. they do, you know, whatever the, the thing was, they were always so gracious and, and awesome. So and they were grateful that I was there, which because it's like a women's sport. And a lot of times they don't have a regular season yeah. like reporter who's there yeah. to do those things. Um, and also their first year in Climate Pledge Arena, Sue Bird's final season, what ended up being Brianna Stewart's last year, like with the team, like all those things. Like, I'm so glad to have that in the memory bank for sure. Very cool. Are you doing that again this year? Can you tell us? Can you break news I don't here? know for okay. sure because the TV contract is like different. So uh, I haven't heard anything about it. So we'll see. Okay. Put I would love to, that. but yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's talk Kraken hockey, yes. um, which I think, you know, I, I think our listeners probably want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Although. Maybe not, because the <laughs> flow that we talked about last week on our show turned to an ebb. So we talked about ebbs and flows. We're in an ebb now. Um, not, not a Jordan Everly. Yeah. Not a not an ebbs, <laughs> an ebb. Two Bs. Uh, things have gone a little sideways here over the last the last week. We had three games. All of them ended in losses. They only got one point on an overtime loss to Dallas. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we start with Ottawa. We'll go through them like we always have, but we'll we'll skim a little bit because I don't know if we need to relive three losses too in too good of detail. <laughs> but um, so the Ottawa game, they they went down three goals in the first eight twenty seven of the game. I was pretty impressed in this one. I think as I go through these, I'm probably going to try pretty hard to find positives. Um, I was pretty impressed. They called a timeout. Didn't switch goalies, which it felt to me like time to switch goalies because it was three goals against, and the third one was kind of a stinker that went under Philip Grubauer's arm. 
but he obviously, Coach Hacksaw obviously pressed some pretty good buttons there, I thought. He wouldn't really tell us what he said. Uh, Piper, you asked him what, <laughs> what he said. <laughs> well, I asked Yanni at intermission, too, and Yanni did tell me. Yeah. So I was like, well, cat's yeah. out of the bag. Yeah, and Jared McCann gave a little bit, too. It was, you know, not good enough. If you want to get back in this game, you got to figure it out, is what he said. So um, they probably all took away a little something different. But anyway, my point is, I think the timeout worked quite well. They really did flip the switch at that point, which... That to me tells me for I, I still don't think Hackstall gets enough credit for the job that he's done this year. Right. And so I think for him to be able to call his players over, just get a little pissed at them for 30 seconds and get them to turn their game around like that is an indication that he probably has a pretty good handle on his team. But um, anyway, they, they did come back. They overcame the three goal deficit. But <laughs> but late in the game, uh, they actually had a four three lead yeah, they and then late ahead, in the game. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, or was it three two three two lead maybe. Um, yeah, so they had a bad turnover by Will Borgen, which led to the tying goal, and then on the winning goal with two twenty two left, Alex DeBrinket banked it in off of Will Borgen. So that was a tough little sequence of events for for Will Borgen that night. But Kraken have never come back from three goals down to win the game. So in well, their history, yeah. so it was a bummer. It was a big time bummer because it felt for a while like the you know sometimes the the game story is like writing itself. You know what I mean? Where it's like okay, this is a this is going to be one of those that we're going to never forget because they overcame a three goal right. deficit. Right. Oh, it's going to be legendary. Yeah, and, and then they, and you knew they were about to take the lead, right? Yeah. And yeah. sure enough, they did. Um, the response goal that just seems to kill them so often. So let's move on from that one. That one wasn't fun. Um, so now let's move on to the next one things. that was yeah. also not fun. Dallas, Dallas game number one. Uh, again, they have the lead very late. This one was almost, I don't know. Was this one equally painful or less painful or what did you think? Well, it was a similar way that they fell behind again. Mm-hmm. That wasn't three, nothing, but they were what just two, two, one, three, one, I think got to, and they came back again. Yeah. Looked like they had it. And then Joe Pavelski scores on six on five in the dying seconds, and it's just like, man. <laughs> and it was a it was a crazy sequence that led to that too. And it, yeah, I don't know, I don't know about this six on five Kraken. Uh, do we have any stats on we that? We do. We do have data. And okay. It might it might contradict with things that Allison has shared. So, oh, yeah. uh, okay. Tweeted about it. Today. And it, yeah, uh, my data is a little different than hers. Okay. Uh, but I did look at actually the six on five goals. Seattle is the second most allowed six on five goals in the league. In the league, okay. tied with another team. Okay. Um, but one thing I looked up is allowing the tying goal, um, and they've done that six times this season, and they've lost four of those six. Okay. Uh, in the last five minutes, that is, and then um, they've only tied it up in the last five minutes uh, two times. One being the Colorado game. Do you remember Tana's yes. scoring? huge game right because this was the narrative leaving climate pledge because we did some post-game sodas with some of my buddies and they're like it'd be nice if seattle just came from behind to win one i'm like well they just they literally just did it last week they're like oh well i didn't watch that game well okay so you know it felt a little bit too common um at the time so either way um it does happen to Seattle a little bit more, but I don't think it's it's out of the ordinary. And the reality is, you need to like you need a relative number. How many times, like theoretically, Columbus has more opportunity to come back because yeah, they're because behind they're, more frequently. Yeah. yeah, where Boston doesn't have that opportunity <laughs> right. because they're ahead by more. So right. um, they got a point, you know. Yeah, uh, they actually improved their playoff positioning that night 
because of how they, they, they were tied with Edmonton going into that, and so that put them a point ahead. And they went up 10 on National and Calgary for the last spot. So it felt, everything felt horrible. And it could have been better, but yeah. they actually improved their, their lot by a little bit. Now, unfortunately, they followed that up with another loss to <laughs> also Dallas, which felt really weird. I don't know if you guys felt that way, but like seeing them warm up again, I was like, huh. Yeah. I, we were just here. I agree. Right? Yeah. Um, now, I had to leave that one early, and John was off slinging tickets, so maybe <laughs> you guys can tell us what happened in that one, whoever wants to take us through. Yeah, it, it did feel, it felt off. I, I thought they fell off from the beginning, and, mm-hmm. and again, they, they fell behind again. They were, they were down 2-1 at the end of the first period. There was a weird goal. Uh, Dallas's first goal was weird, where Dadnoff had it like it just it like hit popped the end up in the air, and then yeah. popped in the air and hit him and went in. Uh, after the game, he laughed and said, "I don't know, puck hit me, went in the net." Yeah, <laughs> that's all he said about it. Um, and again, Seattle. Every time Seattle kind of fought back a couple times, they got they were down two one, then they got down four uh, three two, I think. But it was the response goals. Dallas had a response every time. Seattle looked like they were going to gain some momentum. You know, the, the stars found a way. Yeah, I would say I think like. What made that game maybe particularly painful, too, was that the things that Haxtell and the players had stressed that they needed to improve on because they had the opportunity to play the same team again Mm -hmm. were the things that were even more difficult for them to manage in that game. Like they like they really needed to get some sustained offensive zone time. And although they got shots, they really did not get their cycle game going. And Dallas made it really hard for them to get through the neutral zone cleanly at all. Like entries, mm-hmm. zone entries were very hard to come by for them. And when they did get into the zone, they were just they were just like smothered. So it's like the kind of chances that they were getting were just like, just not the kind of chances that they needed. And they didn't, they never got enough time in the zone to be able to get a chance and then be able to get in position to be able to follow up on any second and third opportunities, which was, I I mean, with, with Ottinger, that was kind of the key that they needed to do. They said that over and over and they, they unfortunately weren't able to do that to an even perhaps worse degree than Saturday night. Yeah. 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 And the penalty kill. And you cannot ignore the penalty kill. They gave up three three on the penalty kill. I mean, the score's 5-2, right? So, yeah, three on the penalty kill, and you took four penalties. So the positive, they tied at five on five. So, <laughs> yeah. that does that get us a point? Does that get us a point? The penalty kill had been really good for them, right? You know, yeah, yeah. 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 the so. And see, that makes me wonder then if uh, the two games back to back does hurt them a little bit because I wonder if Dallas Probably. made an adjustment. And you know, there, there was the one Pavelski goal that I saw where he was just right in the middle of their four man box and deflected. And he's so good at tipping he pucks; he like loves that that yeah. high tip play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if. You know, that kind of almost backfired on them a little bit where they thought that they were going to be able to figure some things out on Dallas. Dallas also figured some things out. On, I also on I, I asked Adam Larson post game because my thought was also like on the three penalties that Dallas was able to convert on the people in the box. It was Yanni Gore, Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson, like key penalty killing guys, right. like arguably three of their best. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was just like so I asked him if he thought maybe the absence of them on those units made a difference and if he didn't he didn't have much to say at all after that game I'm which is fair. That, yeah. Which is fair, but he didn't really, you know, give that too much value, but personally, I would still I mean, they're huge parts of that. It's like it's like how much they're missing Andre Burakovsky in the power play, right? Yeah. Like it's like hard well, to yeah. ignore the value there. Yeah. Well, the, the power play was obvious an obvious problem or penalty kill i guess but also the the response goal reared its ugly head too because they got oh. they got to like three two on tolvin and had a nice deflection the very next shift after the face off mm-hmm. why right up oh, why johnson goes around what is guys. that 
What is that? I don't know. So Hack said, because so when you watch this back and when we broke it down on the broadcast, if you watch, it's Sprong there on Johnston and he moves his stick to the other side of Johnston. Like he goes, I think he goes from the inside to the outside, which they kind of said was, it, it opened up the lane for yeah. him. But Hack said post game that he felt like that play was already broken up by two mistakes that two Kraken players had made way yeah. up the ice at Arnie in, in that replay. So he almost, he didn't really put the onus on Sprong for that goal necessarily because he well, said that that Sprong entire doing thing. down there, right? To his yeah, point, right? right? Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why, pa- why is it Daniel Sprong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I forget who made the pass, but the, the, the Stars made a great play at the blue line to get the puck to Johnson in the first yeah. place with speed and it yeah. was a nice finish too i mean he he waited out jones and he that, yeah. that kid looks good he's a good player yeah he <laughs> looks really yeah. good i i think my point of what is that is more about the response goals in general though, oh right like oh, sorry that's quite right i mean <laughs> I know. that was a good one to talk happen. about that so good breakdown fine. i i don't i don't really get it like i i know that they you know they say over and over like oh we got to bear down better after the after the goal, both for and against and whatever. Hmm. Do we have data on that? There is data on that. I don't remember what the what the deal is, but it's, what the it's a mentality says. test. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is like an eyeball, eyeball well, I scenario. Look, I can look it up. I, sure. I mean, but you got to, I mean, with the data or without, it seems like this happens all the time. I, right? I well, saw some. They but have does given that up a lot. They have, they've given up a lot, but maybe not the most. That's, what, that's what I'm kind of getting at is sometimes we, particularly because it happened recent, Recently, recency bias. Yeah. Uh, um, sometimes we think it happens more frequently than it does, but because okay. we've also talked about Seattle responding really well. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there's somebody we know that could look into yeah. that. Oh so God. yeah, some of those some of those response goals come after they've made a big move. Like like that was a big goal. You know, that Tolvin goal got him within one with plenty of time left. And so you know, I almost wonder if there's like, oh man, we're now we're only down by one. If there's some mental or, aspect or it's it. that's why we remember them right it could be that yeah, <laughs> yeah. it could be that too like if, yeah. if you do it and then win then they still win that game you probably don't remember it as much <laughs> how how good do you think dallas is pretty good very good he's pretty they're pretty good i, I mean, think they're slept on yeah. there's there's a that's part less than zero chance we seattle plays them in the playoffs yeah so and it's more only, than zero Less yes. than zero yeah, would be a negative the, chance. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That was a test. Highly unlikely. That was a test. I don't know about yeah. the date on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> we we could try Allison they're, with they're that. They're literally but... the only Western team we have not beat. This season? This season. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because they you just played them play. for the first time. Yeah. Well, twice. Yeah. Right. And it didn't go well in those two. We'll see what happens next week. That could be crack. Yeah, could be. That could be recency bias that it didn't go well. Well, I'm just saying the whole season we've beat every other team at least once. I know. I was actually making a joke because obviously didn't go well because they lost both games. You're right. No, I thought Um, it went great. Yeah, 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 loved it. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, man, it's funny how it how it shifts though throughout the season, right? Like we were we were riding high. In last week's show, we were like, "Oh, this team—they put themselves in such oh, a great spot here." Anaheim Ducks, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they've been streaky though. It's oh, hundred percent. All year. Yep. I mean, yeah. We've gone through this a lot. <laughs> and this is why I think their playoff success, which knock on wood, I hope they—I mean—they seem to be in a very good spot for making the playoffs still. But um, I still think that their playoff success is going to ride on where are they at in that cycle, yeah. right? Like, are they streaky or are they not at the time that the playoffs start? That's what that's it's what interesting because Vince Dunn said that to me the other day. He's like, you know, talked about what they got to do down the streak, down the stretch, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he said, we got to get rid of our streakiness, is one uh-huh. of the things he said. So they're aware of it too, I think. Yeah. And yeah. 
But maybe know. he shouldn't get rid of his because new franchise record. For yeah. yeah, that's right. Streak. He, yeah. he can streak away. Streak yeah. away. Keep going, yeah. Vince. Yeah. 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 You do well. Well, if just don't hit him with a stick in the face. If he that. just continues to <laughs> score every or get a point every game, then it's not a, he's not a streaky player anymore. He's just a really good player. Well, that's oh, true too. Right. Okay. So that would clear that up. So you'd <laughs> what be is it just because of who you are? Is that right? It's, but it, there's always these things that happen in the streak. This losing streak, in particular, is is allowing that tying goal in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seattle holds on to that. We're we're okay. Yeah. Right. Because it's an Ottawa win, one point against Dallas, and a loss. Yeah. And we're like, ah, everything's cool. It's literally it came down to like somewhat of a fluky goal, yes. right? Yes. In the last minute of a game, maybe. I don't know. This is this is how we we do it. That, that, Ebb and well, flow, roller coaster. Like that's a good point too. Are we I, hitting the panic button? I guess is that the question? No, not yet. we're not. Okay. I think not at all. I think we were, but now there's only what 15 games left. Yeah. we were we were hovering above the panic button. We never yeah. pressed it. We talked about that. There's only whatever 15 you games flipped, left. You like, flipped the protective. That's right. Box. The, the cover was open on the button, which is significant. But I think my point is like there's not that many games left, and they're still in a good spot for a playoff position, yeah. right? We just want them to get into the playoffs. I don't, I don't care where they finish. I you're true. That's you know, like, same. who cares? They're better on the road anyway. Give them a road matchup. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, okay, we have a WHL update with our WHL correspondent, Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. Hello. Yeah, the playoffs, WHL playoffs are about a week away, a week yeah. and a half away. Wow. Uh, Seattle's fighting it out with Winnipeg Ice for the number one seed overall. I don't think that really matters too much, but it's fun to win the overall in the league. They won 50 games. They won their 50th game this last week. It's only the second time in franchise history they've won that many games. But I don't know if people realize it, but their record this year right now is 59-1-2. So they've lost three games in overtime or shootout. Who is that? The Thunderbirds. They're 50 50- Nine. They're 50. 50. <laughs> nine, nine losses. Nine. There's four columns. Yeah. Four columns. There are four columns in the WHO, which Got are it. kind of annoying. One for overtime losses and one for shootout losses. So, so I heard 59, one, <laughs> and two. So No, not quite. They've lost eight more games it, than you thought in It does feel, Andy, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, also, I mean, Everett's in two. We should probably mention that, but I don't yeah. think their season has been quite as impressive. But, no. Um, if we don't mention that, there's usually one or two people, people that yell at us. We hear yeah. Yeah. You get chirped. Um, yeah. It does feel, though, like we're on the tracks for Cam Loops against Seattle in the Western, in yeah, the WHL I would think so. championship, which right? Which is kind of ironic. Or wait, wait, would they play in the conference they final? They play in the conference final. Conference final, okay. Which is ironic because uh, the last time Seattle won 50 games, mm-hmm. their franchise was 89-90, and they got knocked out by Cam Loops in the second round. Mm-hmm. Cam Loops has always kind of been the... Whenever the Thunderbirds had a good team, it's been Kamloops who's stopped them. Like they're on the same like cycle almost, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's a very cyclical like a league. Year storm. Yeah. Right? Kamloops yeah. has had better teams in history. I mean, they've had Memorial Cup winning teams and uh-huh. stuff like that. But and so then Winnipeg is the team from the Eastern Conference. They're from the Eastern Conference. Yeah. So that so, would be the finals. Right. So met. so theoretically, we're gonna have winner of Kamloops Seattle against. Winnipeg. Yeah. And I'm sure that's not getting ahead of ourselves. Unless there's some no, crazy no, upset, nothing but, could go wrong. Okay. Nothing could go wrong. I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah, so Everett I mean, fans are really happy about that. But if <laughs> yeah. I were a betting man and I were placing a wager on WHL hockey, <laughs> which would, you have you have sunk into some low areas in life. I don't know if you know it. If you know the sport, <laughs> why would better, right? Still yeah. and it can be volatile sometimes. <laughs> Probably more predictable uh, than the NHL. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, good teams usually will dominate. Yeah. Yes. All right, we shift from a WHL update to an NCAA update. 
Um, we actually, this was last week's news, but we held this one because we knew we were going to be talking to you, Piper. Mm. <laughs> Wisconsin has dispatched of Tony Granado, who uh, you had some interesting things to say about him as we were talking the other day. What were your thoughts on the firing of Tony Granado from the University of Wisconsin? Well, I understand because of the results that they've had on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to make an assistant coach change last year and a couple of different things. Um, so I think that people, I mean, when I worked there, there was people calling for his job for a long time. So um, I don't know that it necessarily was like a surprise, especially considering the results that they had this year. Um, but the one of the years that I was there, they had an amazing season. They were they had like a ninety percent on the power play. That was the Jeez. Cole Caulfield, <laughs> Dylan Holloway, Keandre Miller power play, <laughs> Linus Weisbach power play. Like it was, it was like a uh, Alex Turcotte, Turcotte was on yeah, that team. Yeah, like it was yeah. just like a like a team of firepower, and they were they were very fun to cover. So I I guess I would say I'm not particularly surprised. I do think as a person, I don't think it's any secret that Tony Granado is beloved and. Mm-hmm. At least, at least in the circles that I ran in, he was so, so good to me, so kind to me. He would always take the time to answer any question that I had. He would literally have meetings with me and my producer and be like, okay, well, NHL Network is always asking me for like, like content on our team. What if me and Piper taped a show on Saturday nights? Like, like just a quick thing, like right after the game that we could send to them. Like he, he literally was always actively trying to help oh me pursue this treat, career. Right? What like, a treat. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And he, first time I ever met him, he was just like, he never forgot me. He always, always would ask me anything I need. Like he, he'd be like, anything, if any of, if any one of these guys is giving you sh- I mean, the, the teenage hockey players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you let me know. So I could like, I'd be like, okay, day in the life of Cole Caulfield. Come on, Cole, yeah. we're going to class and we would film it. And oh like, we gosh. would, nice. yeah, we would do stuff like that because Tony was like, nope, anything anything that you want to do like wow we you you will get to do it so anyways um he was he was so good to me and i think that is how he was to pretty much everyone i don't think i was unique in that um one of my friends that i met when i worked there she's actually still a college student so i'm significantly (laughs) older than her but she um she kind of like looked to me a little bit but she's a senior and they had senior night the other night um for badger hockey before they had fired tony before they let him (laughs) go and he brought her in on senior night, he's into the locker room. He announced, he said, we have one more senior that we have to honor, Clara. And they brought her in oh, and they wow. gave her the game. They gave her the game puck on senior from night. senior night. And every player in that room, they applauded her. They hugged her. They all took pictures. Like, like the, it's just like the standard of how you treat people in a Tony Granado locker room is very high. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just, it's such a room of character. So anyways, oh, it man, makes me sad and I hope that, that he lands sad. somewhere. Like, he was sad. such a good, and, and so was his staff. So anyway, and the impact makes me sad, he probably but I had, also I understand. Yeah. Like, and the impact he probably had on his his athletes too, right? And if you, I mean, I saw a bunch of them on, on Twitter. I saw, I think I saw Cole Caulfield online. I saw Ty Peltonbice. I saw Roman Ashan, like former players that he had all posting like stories and things, like stories on Instagram yeah. of things like that. They were so sad and that like, and the, and a lot of the players that they had went there to be under him. Like, right, like right, Cole right. Caulfield, I mean, he's a Wisconsin kid, right? Like, but a lot of those guys, they went there specifically to play under Tony. Yeah. So it's just kind of a bummer that they couldn't get the Do you ever uh, do you ever do some of those players that you mentioned that are playing in the NHL right now or on the cusp of the NHL? Have you have you seen them since and do they yeah. do they remember you? Yeah, some of them definitely do. Like Cole Caulfield's Twitter 
header is literally my picture. Like he stole it from my Twitter. <laughs> Go look. It's my picture. He stole it. And That's I like, funny. and we're like, like I'm friends on social media with like some of them. Okay. I, I'll, oh, right, I'll right. chirp yeah. him sometimes. Keandre Miller. I love Keandre. Um, last year when the Rangers came here, he saw me just like walk. He's like, Piper. He's like, you work here now? And he gave oh, me a big gosh. hug. But Keandre was always super, super cool to me. He's one that I would like see at the bars and yeah. stuff, you know, like I loved Keandre. <laughs> yeah. Still do. I'm a big, like if when Whenever people ask me who my favorite player in the NHL is, I always say Keandre because of his story, who he is as a person, and also him on the ice yeah. and just like knowing him personally. Like, and also I don't really cover him, so I can, you know, you can say, I don't have, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I can say that. So you can play favorites anyway, there. Yeah, That's okay. yeah, no f- there's a there's a yeah. there's a handful of them though. Um, I mean Austin Pagansky, I lived at, like who's in the yeah, Coachella yeah. Valley Firebirds. Like my dad actually married, like was the officiant officiant in his cousin's wedding, and his like aunt and uncle are my parents' best friends. Like they were in like North Carolina with my parents last week watching. Oh, wow. like, so and like I know him. Like I went to like right, yeah. like the same yeah. school dances as him oh, wow. and stuff like that. You know, and Nate Schmidt, who plays for the um, the like Jets, Jeff, yeah. he actually is one of my friends's cousins so like just stuff like that he's a small Anyways, world it in, is a small world especially when you're from minnesota <laughs> yeah anyway um, i all got connected but i when i see them like when i see it we call him pogo austin pagansky like i'm just like hey like it's so weird like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah yeah i just i updated his facebook picture the other day and i went and looked and it's like we've been friends on facebook since like 2008 and I was oh just my gosh like, wow. this is funny yeah, that's funny very small okay. world yeah um the granado stuff though I feel like there's this human side of sports that people don't realize it, right? They're like, oh, so we got to get rid of Tony Granato. They've been losing and whatever. And it's like, there's a lot more to it than that. Like he's impacting young people's lives. He's helping develop not just players, but but men and women, you know? And so it is a big deal. And, and they, I don't think they, people like that even realize what an impact they're having on somebody like you, you know, mm-hmm. and he in a way changed your life, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And my friend's impact. life and so many players yeah. lives, yeah, like, yeah. Developing people as people and supporting people who are in really formative years as people, as well as, as professionals and athletes. hundred yep. percent. You know, I had a little run in the other night, um, that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, do you remember there's a guy named Richard Park that played for some of the original wild teams? This is a little bit of minutiae. Minis- yeah, yeah. A little bit of minutiae. I remember him. Yep. Um, so he's a pro scout, uh, and I went to game six in the 2003 playoffs. It's the only NHL playoff game I've ever been to in person. And he scored the winning goal. And so that's been like this thing that's like lived on, you know, a memory yeah, that's yeah, lived yeah. on for me forever. So he he's at Client Pledge every now and oh then. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so cool. I introduced myself. I was like, hey, you know, I was, I was at one playoff game as a kid. Guess which game it was? And he's like, hmm, was it the one? <laughs> like he guessed a totally different one joking oh with me, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> So we had like just a little chat then, I, you know, it was just cool to introduce yeah. myself. And then uh, hadn't he hadn't been around for a while because he works for the Wild, so he'll show up. Yeah. He'll show up yeah. to games every now and then, right? And I saw him walking in. I was like, "Hey, Richard." He goes, "Hey, Darren, how you doing?" Like he um, remembered me. I was like, mm-hmm. "Wow, that's," and that's such a non thing for him, you know. But like something like that, where like you know, I'll never forget I that, love that. that he I love that he knows like that. and remembers I me. Like, that. that was so cool. Oh, so man, I love that. Those little things are uh, are a big deal. Let's move on to our segments. Uh, we have. I guess we do, we're going straight to weekly one-timers. We're a little shy on the segments this week here. Right. I didn't even realize that. All right. Well, straight into... I was taking all the time. That's fine. No, it's all right. Yeah. Yep, straight it's into weekly one-timers. Whoosh. How's that look? That's how, how that we look? do it. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's I love it. it. <laughs> I can't believe you get that kind of consistency yeah. in the sound. Astounding. Listeners may not realize that's just John's... It's live. John's... Uh, it's live. One take, too. Yeah. One take. Uh, our first weekly one-timer... 
Speaking of minutia, <laughs> Chuck Fletcher has been fired from the Philadelphia Flyers, which I guess that's not really minutia, but he was a wild GM for a long time. Um, speaking of uh, scenarios like this where people have been calling for someone's job for a long time, I think that was definitely true for Chuck Fletcher. Outside looking in on that one, uh, it's interesting because I never really understood what his plan was, and maybe he he shared that, right? I never really understood what the plan was with the Flyers. When he was with the Wild and Again, hashtag minutia. He had a very specific plan. The problem was, and he executed it perfectly. The plan was we're going to draft and develop players. They got Jason Zucker. They got Mikhail Granlund. They got um, a bunch of young players that people were really excited about. Once they did that, he said the next pl- the next step was to get a, a big fish or two. And he goes out and lands Parise and Suter in the same summer, right? And you're like, holy mm. crap, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. It seemed like everything was working, and then it didn't anymore. And that was when it was like, okay, he, he executed his plan. It didn't work out. Then he gets hired by Philadelphia. I felt like I just never – I never understood what the plan was there. I never got it myself. The Flyers have felt kind of – they're just wanderers for a long time, right. even before well, and, him. Yeah. And they wouldn't well, yeah. say that they were like rebuilding. Like yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't utter the words that like this is a rebuild, which I think is Retooling. odd he because likes... it definitely seems like they yeah. need to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm curious to see from what I've heard, it seems like they're gonna go in the direction of keeping Briere, perhaps, the which who's their inter uh interim right now on. I'd a I have no uh insider knowledge on that. That's just kind of what I've heard mm-hmm. the buzz of but it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they also not that long ago hired torts right like john yeah, tortorello right. like that was a recent change and that's a big change and that's a big personality that you're bringing into your organization that there's history that was obviously a, a choice um probably a, a good one for the kind of identity that the franchise in general historically has you know branded themselves as <laughs> yeah, i guess yeah, you could yeah. say but i'm curious to see like it was like he had a bad trade deadline and then they're like all right See ya. So I'm just curious to see who they think is going to do better, what they yeah. need that he wasn't going to do, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But the we'll trade see. deadline is, is a big point because people were very <laughs> upset that they didn't trade JVR. <laughs> well, something clearly <laughs> went wrong in the very last minutes of that, yes. right? That that some of the insiders were reporting, okay, a trade has happened. And then all of a sudden, oh, the trade didn't happen. It didn't yeah. get done in time or whatever. It was like something went wrong there, right? Yeah. Um, now, I, I the report, right, they, they didn't claim that that really was anything to do with it, but I could see that being the last yeah. straw. People, but people wanted them to move them. 100%. Fans, yeah. yeah. But I think I think this was in motion before the trade deadline. Probably. I think so, too. So why would you allow yeah, why would you him wait? to... Give him the keys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seems... I don't know. I mean, who knows? We don't necessarily know, but um, yeah, Daniel Briere, interim GM, yeah. could be... I like... It's interesting. Like you like yeah. him as a person. You he's know been, how he is. You know, he's GM. been around that franchise for a while mm-hmm. and and doing the work. I, it reminds me of Ron Francis when you think about he did so many roles before he stepped into yeah. like assistant GM. And that right. I've got a soft spot because that that's like learning the right way mm-hmm. instead of getting, you know, a keys to the corner office mm-hmm. without just right off the ice. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. We'll we'll see how he does. But it is in terms so far. He's Ron's, like the name I always think of when I think of the Flyers from like the nineties and yeah. when he was a player there and And they like I mean, that organization, they like to keep people who've been in that organization or who are really ingrained yeah, in the yeah. identity and the, the vibe. So Which is also weird to me, right? There's so many like big wigs like Bobby Clark still involved or something. Yeah. Like there's there's a ton yeah. of people like still involved. You're like are these advisors that are advising people? And then you have too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe? I don't know. But. 
Just, just think someday when Jerry McCann's the GM of the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> or the advisory board for yeah, it with Yanni. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. Yanni. <laughs> What's Jared so funny? What's so the funny advisory there? Board? No, it's just funny. I'm just picturing the two of them just it's... chirping back and forth at each other making important decisions. Yeah. It's weird yeah. to think of like some of these guys will be in that role in 20 years. I can see Ebbs. Oh, like see just Ebbs. in general yeah. in management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, he cares about. Gi- Giordano's not on the team anymore, but I could see him doing something like that. I think Larson too. Larson's kind of a sneaky, funny guy, and the Swedes always knows the... back to Sweden, though. Yeah, that's true. He probably would. Yeah, yeah. his he go run a Swedish it's team. It's fun to think shirt. about. His like, shoes gonna be... go run a whose team. legacy is going to extend beyond <laughs> their playing years. The more so. upset he gets as the team's losing, his shirt gets cut deeper <laughs> and deeper <laughs> and deeper. Uh, He's like, cutting the necks in his suits. Before, before we move on, I do want to call out Fletcher had a lot of things go wrong, right? The uh, Atkinson, Couturier, and Ryan Ellis, none of them have played this season. And those were like three of his big guys that he thought were going to help move the needle. So um, anyway, uh, that's enough of that. Our next weekly one-timer. The NHL played its Big City Greens Classic on Tuesday. Uh, we were recording just after this. Uh, I did actually sit down and watch a little bit of it. I don't know about did, did you, you see all any of it? Saw, I saw some clips and some stuff. I'm, yeah. It was it was a lot for my brain to process, to be honest. Like, yeah. I was like, how is this happening? I was pretty impressed it by cool. it, I have to say. And I think for considering that the only real motion sensors that they had for the players were, I think, just like the, the tracker that they track? have yeah. on their jerseys. Yeah. It looked pretty good. Like the, the gameplay was pretty smooth. And... I, ca- I had to keep reminding myself that like this thing is not for me. This right? is this for is children. For, literally for children. But as I watched, an adult, I watched I quite it was a bit. Pretty yeah, cool. I watched quite I was, a bit. Yeah, yeah, I was really I impressed it by three it. And a half, and, and when I started watching the Rangers score to make a three-one, I thought I would normally just turn away from this game. Yeah, three-one. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're going to win, but I kept watching because it was so unique. And and you're right about the them having limited trackers because I love when they whenever a goal was scored the players would just kind of skate backwards and stand next to each other. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of they all like for a bundle second. up for yeah. a silly. Yeah. It was just like a big yeah. computer animated yeah. bundle of There's bodies. No celebrating, no sticks going up. Yeah. They would bump into each other. A yeah. Lot, yeah, you know. Well, then there, and then there was a there was like a scuffle. The players all they were all just kind of huddled uh-huh. on the screen. <laughs> I will say I don't know. I didn't I didn't know what Big City Greens was. So yeah, I, that would be one thing. I mean, maybe I'm just, it's not for me. No, I'm too old apparently. Cause I I'd never heard of that show. You in like ninety five percent of the yeah, US I'm population. Sure, I know. Yeah. So I I will say I think I would have enjoyed it more if it was a cartoon that I knew. Oh, right. <laughs> but it's yeah. not yeah. for me. It's not I, for I, me. I that makes me want to watch it. It's I like Small that. World yeah. at Disneyland. Like this is not for me. So <laughs> I don't fine. know that Small World specifically I don't know who is it's for, but it's not for me. anybody. It's, it's not for me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh. I think I, I know people in my my family's big Disney people. I know that they they like it. From like the nostalgia, like you've you've always been going on Small World your whole life, right? But it's like no one really likes it. <laughs> no, it's like ugh. that song is so repetitive, and it's a little creepy. The whole it's thing creepy. is a little yeah, creepy. It's creepy to me. Anyway, um, enough about Small World. Enough about. <laughs> it is a nice relaxing greens. boat ride, though. It is. Um, <laughs> There's better ones, though. Yeah, sure. Last point Pirates. I wanted to make on the Big City Greens thing is I feel like they this could be just the start of something though, right? Cause they could do so many different franchises with this. Like, you know, I mean, if you wanted to target a different audience, you could go with Marvel characters or, you know, cause it yeah, is a Disney, yeah. uh, whatever. Um, our next weekly one timer, Andre Svechnikov. This is bad news for the Carolina hurricanes. Uh, he is undergoing knee surgery on Thursday. Going to miss the remainder of the season and the playoffs. That is a tough loss. And and Carolina was looking really good. Yeah. Uh, and they, they still are good. They had, they had some pieces at the trade deadline, I think, 
that's why you add pieces, right? If somebody goes down. <laughs> so, uh, But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm right. just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah, um, yeah so mm. the bummer. And he's fun to watch, too. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer for people that want to watch playoffs. Our next weekly one-timer. Whoosh. Boston do the next one. Boston became <laughs> the first team to clinch a berth in the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. Are we I excited about that? Good. I heard they're that's pretty sick. good. No, yeah. I think that's so cool. I'm here for that storyline. I talked we talked about it a little bit on Allison's podcast when I was on it the other day, but Who? it's just like What? Allison, uh, BFOP, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you familiar? Right. I think what, you're familiar. What podcast was it? Uh, the Too Many Men podcast. <laughs> She's yes. plugging some other podcast? No, That's I'm, just, right. I'm we'll just trying to, I'm we'll not plugging it. it. I'm just trying to say that because I already talked about it. I, you know, I'm just trying to give credit where okay. it is due, you mm-hmm. know. But I said on there, and I will say again here, that I just like the storyline of the Boston Bruins this season and what they've been able to accomplish. Like, regardless of what they do in the playoffs, it would be. I mean, I obviously think they are built like a playoff team and they will be able to make a deep run. Um, you know, you never really know, but I, I yeah, would I'll make that assumption. Field. Yeah, I'll I would make that field. assumption. I'll take the field. But like this yeah. kind of storyline, like just like even if they don't make a great run in the playoffs, like just what they've been able to accomplish is literally like history making. And it's incredible, especially considering that they just bought into the system and it's like these guys that have been there for so long, these key pieces that they were building around. And it's just like it finally clicked exactly in the way that like every GM hopes it does someday yeah, you know yeah. like i just i'm here for it well it felt like they were kind of at the end of the run yeah last mm-hmm. year exactly. with those guys those, those main those main core guys and although i am mad that i know a lot of us wanted Olmark in the expansion draft <laughs> <laughs> he's having a great year yeah buffalo buffalo decided not to expose him but uh man i remember he was like oh that's fine it's all mark would be great His goalie coaches here it was such a perfect setup and yeah and to watch him have like a Vesna year somewhere else. <laughs> I I personally appreciate that Montgomery, the coach there, is he's had a lot of adversity and he got mm-hmm. a second chance. Yeah. He came in and he's done an unbelievable thing there. So I think that's a pretty cool piece of that. And story they that provided us with one of the most entertaining games. That's true. At that kind of pledge so far. That's true. Unfortunately, they fun, also won. Seattle yeah, lost, but yeah, it was but, a, it was a great fun game to, to cover. Our final weekly one timer. <laughs> Ugh, one wasn't more time. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Let me hear it again. Let me hear it again. Okay, this is not the official one. Okay. Okay, okay wait, 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 wait. Our final weekly one timer. Oh, better. that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, uh, the Minnesota State High School Hockey Tournament, I did talk about it last week briefly that it was happening. Uh, so it is over. Matamidi has won. I think they won two years ago also in the single A, which is the smaller schools. The fact they, that I know the name probably means that they've won it before. Yeah, well, we had yeah. a, I think we had a Let's Get Quizzical where I asked you what their team name was. And it was the, it was the Zephyrs. And I oh, might have then we talked said, about what Zephyrs. is a Zephyr? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, they beat Warroad. familiar. <laughs> they beat Warroad six to five in double overtime. And I think I heard that that was the first time all season that Warroad had lost a game. That's I'm true. pretty sure. Oof. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see that, but it, doesn't, it sounds accurate yeah. for in Warroad. The, in the state final. So, and then Minnetonka in the bigger schools in the battle of two very wealthy suburbs of Minneapolis that Typical. nobody <laughs> roots for outside of those suburbs. Minnetonka against Edina. Um, it's like the cake eaters against cake eaters adjacent, basically, yeah. is what we're doing cool. there. Um, so Minnetonka wins 2-1 to one over Edina. The the notable thing about this, I did actually watch the end of this one, and Edina had their goalie out with 30 seconds left, and the Minnetonka goalie was completely down and out. Edina shot, hit both posts. 
and it would have it hit both posts and went out the other side, and that would have been a game tying goal. Thirty seconds left, so instead they lost two to one. But anyway, uh, I, that was... I don't hate to see a dino. Lose, no, no, so no, I'm okay with it, even though it's Minnetonka. But you know what's funny is my my TV producer Ryan Shaber. He went. He's a Minnesotan, but mm-hmm. he's from. I can't remember what suburb he's from, but he's he went to Minnetonka though. But he always acts like he didn't go to Minnetonka because he doesn't like. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I'm from here. Like, I can't remember like you what know, the city is." Right he over just, by. He just like leaves that part out because yeah. he doesn't. And I'm like, "Well, at least it's not a diner, but it's still pretty bad." Yeah. <laughs> so it's cake eater adjacent. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. those damn hornets. And so you, <laughs> Can you, you say that yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, you already it's said fine. the yeah. We're you said the sh the, words. Yeah. You've been bleep horned once. Today, oh, so that's did okay. I? Oops. That's all right. Sorry. It happens. It happens. We've all been there. That's why we have the bleep horn, just in case. We swear sometimes. So is it is it likely there's some NHLers playing in this game that championship game? Hundred yeah. percent, like yeah. almost yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Oh yeah. So because I never never know like what the hit ratio is, but it yeah, seems like they're so good. And the kid that won, I forget his name, uh, but the kid that won, Mister Hockey, played for World, and he had like outrageous points, like just like triple the number of points per game, or something, like something crazy. So um, yeah, there's there's definitely some some future NHLers playing and at they, least in that. They're tournament. probably all already like. Have signed to D one teams, D1 teams. Too. Yeah, yeah, like they're probably the seniors, all yeah. yeah, or even younger. A lot of USHL yeah. too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So what do you mean by USHL? Like they play next season? They play in the USHL? Yeah. Like their so, gap year, or I don't know if they call it a gap year. Right, because you—that's the thing about USHL that's attractive—is that you can keep your NCAA eligibility in between. Well, I'm aware of that, Darren. Okay. Well, Thank I you. don't know what you what your question is then. Well, but they could go from high school directly to college. But you're saying yes. this yeah. is their nineteen. 19 yeah some well some kids will leave high school early so there's probably some there's plenty of juniors and sophomores that play in the state tournament so they might leave for their senior year go to the ushl and then there's some kids that will leave after and they don't really like come back to play in the tournament or Mm -hmm. anything it's probably some eligibility issues i actually don't think you can i don't think think you can yeah um but yeah so then they'll play they keep their ncaa eligibility i don't know if i mentioned that Okay. Oh, is that is that the deal with the USHL? That's the deal. I would also like to say that's a big difference between it, just in general with college hockey between like Big Ten hockey and NCHC hockey, which are kind of the two leagues that I pay attention or conferences mm-hmm. rather that I pay attention to. But like a lot of Big Ten players, they there are still plenty of guys that go play USHL first, but it's more common for them to be 18 or 19 and go start there. In the Big Ten? Um, yeah, in the Big okay. Ten versus in the NCHC. It is not uncommon for there to be a bunch of 25-year-olds on a roster who aged out of juniors before they went right. to UMD, uh, before okay. they went to Mankato, before they went to St. Cloud State yeah. versus it's it's not uncommon for Minnesota and Wisconsin and Ohio State to have a bunch of 18 year olds on their and, team. But uh, it so, goes both ways. But I would yeah. say that's definitely like a trend. Like, We're and that's right. why like Big Ten fans always pout because they're like, well, the NCH NCH guys are all old. They're 24 year olds. Like, well, you can yeah. do that too. You right. just don't. Yeah. So. See, so I think that because you know when we were talking about Tony Granato the other yeah. night, and not to bring it back to that again, but well, let's bring it back to that. Mm. Um, we almost made the well, I had the theory that he's almost too good or he was almost too good at recruiting elite talent. And to get the elite players, those are the kids that you take straight out of high school at 18. Mm-hmm. And you can't like you can, I guess, but you're less likely, I think, to win the whole thing, win the national tournament if you have a bunch of 18 year old elite players. Yeah. Like, and they're smaller. I right. mean, they're just literally right. like you. Yeah, you would go see. I think that the old WCHA falling apart hurt college hockey in that sense, because just the they have two such different identities for those Midwest, quote unquote, Midwest to um, 
conferences basically. Yeah. So, um, but no, you're, you're a hundred percent. Well, I, I think that, and that's to your point, Piper, it's very similar to what happened with Michigan the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, was they a had all those, year. all those star players, yeah. yes. you know, and I, and, and we've talked about the Wisconsin, that recruiting class of, uh, Turcotte, Turcotte, Holloway, Caulfield, Caulfield yeah. Keandre Miller. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were just young. And then to bring it back to the WHL, I always think about the 20 year olds, the overagers. Now it's a little bit of a survival it's a survival bias where the only the cream of the crop 20-year-olds that are undrafted get to play but they dominate the 20-year-olds usually. usually just dominate like and they're undrafted but they're 2 years older or 3 years older than a lot of the kids out there they should be your best players right and so <laughs> it's just in that and that's kind of yeah. very similar to the college the captain game, of so. St. Cloud State literally played high school hockey with my husband right now Spencer <laughs> Meyer I'm not kidding oh my gosh. I'm not kidding Wow. Like that is how like he is like and my husband is like two or three years older than him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but he's literally like twenty five, almost twenty six. Yeah. Spencer yeah. Meyer. Like yeah. it's like okay. Well, <laughs> and it's like Duluth or Minnesota. And Minis- partially Minis- they got the extra yeah. year because yeah. of the COVID thing, you know, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, like, right. Stretch it out even, yeah. yeah. So it's even more like, so he, like now. Will Borgen was still on that team when he was on that team. You <laughs> oh know, gosh. it's like yeah. okay. Yeah. I was still in college when yeah. they were both on that team. Right. Crazy. That's funny. All right. Those are our weekly one timers. Nice. <laughs> nice, Piper. Oh, no. uh, we, <laughs> we now move on to our tweets of the week. Piper, did you have a tweet of the week by chance? I do, and I'm actually going to make a pivot from what I told you it was going to be oh, earlier. Okay. All right. But it's okay because it. it's, is... it's, it's multi layered, but I think it's funny. The Pittsburgh Penguins tweet Coach Sullivan confirms that Nick Benino is out week to week after suffering a lacerated kidney last game. Oh. Sarah Sivian from the Too Many Men podcast uh-huh. says, the... OMG, what? Is he okay? And Pete Blackburn says, no, he has a lacerated kidney. (laughs) (laughs) I I laughed out loud. It's a funny tweet, but I didn't know that that happened. And also, oh, my God, that sounds horrendous. Yeah. Oh Yeah. No, he has a lacerated kidney. You totally get tweets of the week. You you brought up Sivian and... Peter Blackburn. Those two so, are, yeah, those those, are yeah. common mainstays. Common, yeah, exactly. mainstays. I'm a listener. Often visit the tweets of the week. Andy, your tweet of the week. So my tweet of the week I think is kind of lame. Okay, sort of. cool. But it, but Great it, setup. <laughs> I like the setup. Yeah. It brings up a question. Is a lame tweet of the week better than no tweet of the week? Let's find out. Let's yeah, we will it. find out today. <laughs> we'll be the judges of that. <laughs> so this is a question. So keep that in mind when you listen to this. Uh, it comes from Ryan Lambert, two-line pass, who many people may know from... Uh, the puck soup. All right, let's let's ease it on pitching, on pitching other other podcasts, other podcasts yeah. here. Okay. Uh, the puck soup uh, <laughs> experience, whatever you think that is. <laughs> and you know, he, he's obviously a knowledgeable hockey guy, but he's a little negative, a little bit. Okay. Sometimes he looks. He's at a the big ne- college hockey guy, actually. Yeah, he is a big yeah. college hockey guy. Sometimes he looks at the negative. So he he was uh, commenting on the big city. Is it big city green? Is that the mm-hmm. name of that? cartoon yeah so he t- he tweets out we have the technology to instantly replace an entire rink puck and players with cartoons but we have to spend 20 minutes on a review to see if a guy was one inch offside or if a puck was over the goal line <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was kind of funny but also kind of found a way to make a positive thing a negative so that wasn't uh, that I, wasn't a bad no, tweet that yeah, was that a pretty was a good, good one. tweet that was that a good provoking tweet. Yeah. it is yeah. and it is in line with that argument that i've made plenty of times where like why why can't we see if a puck went over the line why if can't it's, we just track yeah. it yeah 
in the goalie's <laughs> oh, glove. Yeah. Which, yeah. We didn't right. talk about the GM meetings at all. Well, that's all right. John, uh, you're a tweet of the week. I don't have a tweet. Of okay. Well, so now we can now we can. I'm gonna. Compare. I have I'm a second go tweet ahead. of the week. If I, if you want to back up, go yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. Oh, okay. Okay, I, hold on. And I will judge that I liked Andy's. No. I think you sold yourself short because yeah, I think that, that wasn't was a lame good... tweet. That's not a okay, fair. Okay. Comp. I, I felt okay. it was a little. Okay, too I liked negative it. I liked it. No. My no. second tweet. This tweet of the week has nothing to do with hockey. I just really related That's to it. Okay. It's from a random pop culture account. It says Jamie Lee Curtis wonders why artists don't have concerts during the day rather than at night. Why are there no matinees? She says, I'm not going to go see Coldplay if they start their show at 9 and there's an opening act. I just want to hear Coldplay at 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Especially Coldplay. Why not? Ugh. Why not? So you, know, true. you know what? We didn't More talk matinees. about your, what's What's going on with the music right now? What, do you, what do you, Are you going to play any shows this summer? I might. We'll see. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know. Like The one show that I played last summer was more like because my friends asked me and they're oh. like we'll learn all your songs like we really want you to play so I'm still I mean, bummed I missed that well that's cool. that's, that's your fault John yes, Barr I, I don't know <laughs> I know it's not like I have an excuse it's no. like right down the street I um but for me music is just like a hobby like it's just fun I just started releasing music I've been playing music my whole life I grew up in like a musical family so I love music it's an outlet but also like I'm it's not like a secondary career path for me like the job I have now I is literally wanna, the thing I've been working towards again, my entire life but we will yeah. pitch it but you, can, you, you guys can listen there. to my music though it's on know, Spotify iTunes yeah. Apple yeah. Music everywhere so. that but anyway. that will allow you to promote so yeah thanks yeah, yeah not so too sorry. many men podcasts you sorry. cannot mention that <laughs> anymore mentioning you asked too about many the Piper men. and Allison experience the, so. uh, the, the problem with that tweet like seeing bands in the daytime is some bands don't work very well in the daylight. I yeah. saw Nine Inch Nails at the Gorge at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And it's hard to be brooding when it's like 80 degrees and sunny out. Sure. Well, off. Coldplay would odd. probably be fine. <laughs> Maybe. Be. I don't know. And I feel Maybe. like their market is probably ready to go at 1 yeah. p.m. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> if like, there's an no arc of the band. Coldplay market. <laughs> as bands get older, and their fan bases get older. They change their time. The show times get <laughs> earlier. Really? Actually, I think I saw X when they I were saw, like. I saw them, yeah. Deep into their career. So did I. Uh, and I think, box. yeah, they were over by 10. I swear. Wow. I, th- I think they were done by 10. Sounds I amazing. saw the Showbox too. So maybe we were there. We might have been there, yeah. I, market. I, uh, showbox Market. What? Showbox Market. Yes. Yeah. I saw uh, the summer Bikini Kill at Marymore, and that was at night. It was dark. Well, it was a festival though, right? No, just them. And there was an opening band. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is anyway rails. on the rails. Sorry, Once again. Yeah, sorry to no, that's quite right. That was great. <laughs> Go around the rails. I just well, really Jamie resonated Lee with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. That was a good one. Your your song uh, "Bold" is stuck in my head three days a week. Oh, approximately. I'm so happy to hear that. I love I love knowing that. It's very catchy. I, very very catchy. I stay stay on your mind, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Top of Can't mind. get away. Can't get away. Um, my tweet of the week comes from at Spooky Caps. Her name is Lauren. It says, uh, "This is Kevin Weeks with breaking news. You know, he's always got his videos." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the top half of his his <laughs> cartoon <laughs> character yeah. from tonight, um, oh. which really made me chuckle. Oh, that's so. a great tweet. That's that great was tweet. a good one. Um, good stuff there. By the way, that that Big City Greens thing, I really that was my favorite part of it was the commentators because they actually had <laughs> yeah. full motion capture suits on, so yep. they looked like really legit. Like they yeah. like they they demonstrated a tripping penalty to the little kids that were watching, which I thought was awesome. Like as cartoons, it looked it looks great. Oh, what about the bird refs? Bird, like oh, chicken refs. We disappeared in a they were great. Yeah. Yeah. Drop the puck. Yeah, I was a fan of that as well. So the players changing actually all puffed through to a puff of smoke with their. <laughs> <laughs> the goals. Yeah. That was awesome. 
All right. Uh, I think that's all we have. So we're not going to is... do three stars now. Oh, oh I see. Man. I got. Jeez. I got all thrown off. All right. We uh-huh. close the show with Sound of Hockey's four stars. <laughs> John, your star of the week. Ty Cartier from the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a hat trick against the Texas Stars on Sunday, so they beat the Stars. Uh, he's got 41 points in 55 games this season. Uh, Cartier, I, I know we've I talked about Cartier. him. Cartier. Cartier? I think so. Okay. That's how Forsen said it the other night, and I was like, oh. Okay, Cartier? Cartier. Cartier. I, I don't know. I'm just correcting you, and I, I guess I'm not even confident. I think but. you're saying it the same way, so I'm hearing the same thing. Okay, perfect. All right, all right. <laughs> so so anyway, right. Uh, we've talked about him before. Uh, free agent signing uh, in the offseason. He's playing his first North American pro hockey and, and is his first hat trick in his career for pro hockey. So He's having a great season. He is. He Fantastic. is. And uh, we've talked about it before, but I really loved his shot at training camp, and mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, who's this guy? Oh, and so uh, he's got a good shot at making it, and a lot of those free agent signings don't. It's a tough, tough road, but he's got a good shot. I think he's going to make it. Andy, your star? My star is uh, Shane Wright. Heard of him? Yep. Remember him? Remember mm-hmm. that guy? Remember, mm-hmm. remember when mm-hmm. he was here in town? He had a hat trick as well this last week, and uh, he has like eight points in his last three games. And on the season, he had a little bit of an injury pr- problem earlier on, but he has 27 points in 14 games with the Spitz. Go, Spitz, go, as I like to say. Yeah, you love calling them that. Spitz. So they do. Their fans do. tell us that every time. Every time, yeah. 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 But, but I'm glad that he's... Back and healthy. That yeah, is, and doing yeah, really well. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but I did have an honorable mention because I just saw as we were getting ready today that Jonathan Quick heard of him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nope. Uh, no, no. got traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. Right. Since the trade, this isn't Cracker fans are probably gonna like this. I don't like it. I but know since the say, trade, like he's four and zero with a nine thirty save percentage. You know, Boo. that's pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> there was a a story recently in the Athletic. I think friend of the pod, Jesse Granger, wrote it, I think, um, about the fact that the system that Cassidy runs is very goalie-friendly. And if you think about it, like... It makes sense. They've had five goalies go yeah. through there this season, and they all have been great, yeah. you know? That's, so, that's very, possibly very true. Yeah. Piper, your star of the week. My star of the week is um, the kid in a morph suit at the Matamidi game in back to full circle back yeah. to the Minnesota State <laughs> High School hockey attorney oh, uh, uh after Matamidi won this student in a I think it's like an orange morph suit is what it looks like or for your visual it was bright he it was definitely bright yeets himself over yeah. the glass <laughs> Nailed onto it. the ice he literally like like anyone who's watched a hockey game knows how high up that glass goes this kid yeets himself over oh the glass gosh. Onto the ice to get in the middle of the celebration with the players, and I it, just I love the commitment. The, the picture awesome. I saw Only, was right on top of the glass. It was climbing me over. It I was, was like, so fast. Pretty, it pretty was so fast. Yeah. It was. He it gets could, over though. Yeah. Like, it could oh not God. have been more smooth. It was like he practiced it. Yeah, 20 yeah. Times. he's been training 100%. his whole life. That's what I'm saying. That's why he has to be a star. He's only 16, the, but he's been training his whole life <laughs> for it. <laughs> The team was well. the team was celebrating right on the other side of the glass. So he climbs up on the dasher, hurls himself over, and lands Yeats. like on the t- right. Eats, excuse me, lands like <laughs> on the team, 
and very gently like gets lowered down onto the ice. Like yeah, they, they accept him yeah. into the celly like, for here, some reason. Lower him. He must not be injured as he comes to join our celebration. It was it was wild how well it worked out for him. Yeah. So um, unless he got arrested or something, because that's also I mean very they possible. accepted him. So I don't. That know. is it's a like... great star of the week. Yeah. Piper, mm. great pick. Thank yeah. you. Um, you do get the vibes around here, it seems, which is good. Uh, my star is Grandma from the Big City Greens <laughs> game. She took over for Igor Shosturkin. She made 28 of 31 saves. Nine uh, years old. She had an assist. <laughs> she had an assist on Mika Zibanejad's goal. And fun fact that they mentioned on the uh, broadcast is that she has a wooden leg. So oh, wow. amazing. Pretty impressive. Hockey yeah. is for everyone. For everyone. That's right. That is impressive. That's right. All right. We have uh, taken up way too much of your time, Piper. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, really a treat to have you with us for the whole show. So thank you so, so much for doing it. Absolutely. Thank you oh for having gosh. me on, you guys. Incredible. It was so much fun. Incredible. You did I'm great. so psyched about I bet one. you it was more fun than being on Too Many Men. Oh. <laughs> too Many <laughs> Men. Man, Alice is going to be mad at me, at me about that one. Yeah. Because you just said something about Too Many Men, saying that it was not fun. I thought something. we said we weren't no, going to say Too Many Men anymore. I didn't say I said this was more fun. Okay. So you oh. think it was probably that still fun. That doesn't mean there's different levels of fun. Okay. She's not right. going to be mad. There's like small world and like I think she'll be happy that I at least like gave him a credit because we talked about sure. that thing. So that's why I want you know. I mean, thing, I, if <laughs> the Bruins, I don't even want to mention it anymore. If you're listening to our <laughs> podcast, I actually don't know why you wouldn't be listening to. I agree. Too many men. So I agree. anyway. Um, but that's, this is the end of Sound of Hockey for this week. To be clear, this show has been Sound of Hockey. <laughs> and this is called Sound of Hockey, right? um, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And leave your five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll, leave it on, we'll read it on next week's show. Uh, we'll talk to you all very soon for episode 232. Cheers. Quite so I thought you knew everything. So you can just play.